Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Please open them to the 27th Psalm. Have you gotten familiar with the 27th Psalm yet? How many of you have? Well, we left off this morning with number five, and we're just going to pick up right there and move on to number six. So let's read again the first three verses at least. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me in this, will I be confident? Now, Father, we thank you for your word this night. And as we approach it, we approach it reverently. We approach it humbly. We declare that wisdom will come forth. And the Spirit of the living God will give utterance. I thank you that it shall produce life, light, and love in the hearts of the hearer as they hear with an attentive ear and a receptive heart and an open mind. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, you'll remember that we left off by saying that the fifth thing the believer is to know And understand is confidence. In the third verse, in the latter part of the verse, he said, The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. And the in this he was referring to was that he would be confident in the fact that Jehovah is his light, his salvation, his strength, and his heart would not fear. You remember that before Jesus left his disciples, he said, let not your heart be troubled. And then he went on to give a great, great discourse as to why before he left them. And he said, because in my Father's house there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas didn't know and said, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how in the world can we know the way? And Jesus made a great statement, declaring, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no man that could come to the Father but by me. He was saying, I'm making a way for you to go back to the Father. Oh, glory. <clears throat> See? And as he went on and made these statements, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do, you're going to do because I'm going to the Father. And he says, and I'll not leave you comfortless. You see, he said, but the Spirit of truth is coming to you. And so, 
as you read on through that 14th chapter, you read on through, he says, He that keepeth my commandments, he it is that loveth me, he that loves me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Judas, not Iscariot, says, I don't understand this. How are you going to manifest yourself unto us, not unto the world? And Jesus said unto him, If any man will keep my word, if a man love me, he'll keep my sayings, and my Father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. And they went on to say, and, and when the Comforter has come, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I said unto you. And then that great last verse, verse 27, he said, My peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. So in this will I be confident. There's no need to be, be troubled in heart, is there? See? There's no need to fear. I'll let not my heart be troubled, neither will I let it be afraid. As the psalmist said, Jehovah is the strength of my life, of whom shall I fear? He's my light and salvation, whom shall I be afraid? And Jesus was inferring to, to you and me that there is a secret dwelling place for you in the presence of the Father. Hallelujah. And these great scriptures, I believe, are found in 1 John. Turn there with me. First John, I believe, are the best confident, confidence builders in the Bible. It tells you how your confidence can be unshakable, unmovable in your relationship to the Father and His relationship to you. 1 John 3.20, right on through 24. Hallelujah. For if our heart condemn us, in verse 20, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask or receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Beloved, I'd love to stop right now and preach a sermon on love. I would love to do that. Oh, blessed be God. Walking in the love of God is walking in God himself. And as you see here in the last part, in he that, that last verse, he that keepeth his commandments. Remember Jesus said, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. Right? And he that loveth me shall be loved to my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself. Jesus said he'll manifest himself to us. Hallelujah. He said here, he that keepeth my commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that, that he abideth in us by the Spirit. By the Spirit which he hath given us. So you see, he was coming in the presence of the Spirit. And then, of course, we must tie in verse 17 of chapter 4. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness or confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, did you notice that over here in 1 John 3 and verse 24, He's talking about us dwelling in Him as we dwell in His love. And uh, notice He's talking about that when you're dwelling in Him and keeping His commandments and doing those things that are pleasing in His sight... He's saying you have great confidence and strong confidence towards God. 
Now, did you notice also in the 91st Psalm, said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Thee do I put my trust. Now, that's a reflection of what he was saying also in the 27th Psalm. He'll be to me a ref in the time of trouble. He will be to me a pavilion, a refuge, a place to dwell in. Amen? And here he said, when you dwell in love, you dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. Amen? See, that's dwelling in his secret place, dwelling in his love. I in him and him in me. He that loveth me, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He says, He'll be loved to my Father. I'll love Him and come unto Him, manifest myself unto Him, and will make our abode with Him. Dwelling in God is dwelling in love. Amen. Now, that's why it's important for the believer above all things to make sure there's a constant growth in his love. That is the secret to walking in God. See, people think when you talk about walking in the Spirit... You're talking about walking in some cloud, walking in some, you know, state, some utopia, some place out there, no man's land. But, beloved, let me say this to you. Walking in the Spirit is walking in the fruit. Walking in the fruit and the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And, of course, you have the other eight that are tied into that fruit love. Walking in God is walking in love. As you develop walking in love, you develop walking in God. As you walk in God, you walk in a secret place and you begin to walk as He walked. And your confidence towards Him when you're walking in love and keeping His commandments is so strong, so mighty, that you can stand before Him on Judgment Day boldly and with great confidence that He'll be well pleased at you. Amen. Now, if I could be bold to stand before Him there, it means because I'm bold to stand before Him here because I walked in His love. Amen? Because I'm just dripping with His love. We may talk about this in greater depth as we go along. I, I do believe we will. But for the time being, let's move on. And let's say that confidence, of course, is developed through your fellowship with the Father. See, confidence in Him is developed in your fellowship with Him. Now, everybody has relationship that's born again. But confidence comes through keeping His commandments, walking in His love and fellowshipping with Him so that His life can be part of our life. So that His characteristics can be our characteristics. And it builds up a strong confidence in your inward man, your, your spirit man, because you know you're doing those things that please Him. Let me give you an example. If you go to pray and stand before the throne of God, when you haven't been in fellowship with the Father, let's say for two or three days, I mean good fellowship with the Father, being in meditation and meditating on His Word and uh, walking in love. But if you just come off getting in strife with your wife and kids and you got, you're upset a little bit, how bold are you to stand before God and pray the prayer of faith? Not very bold. You may have to take a day, and this shouldn't be, but you may have to take a day or two to get in fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer doesn't change God, it changes you. Amen? And sometimes because of our, the lives that we live, 
And because of the fast pace that we have in, in this generation, we think if we give God an hour, we did some great feat. But you see, we really didn't. Amen? I mean, they had the hour of prayer every 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock. They had hours of prayer back then in, in them days that Jesus walked the earth. And they had uh, a lot of time to spend before God. They had even days separated. Even the Sabbath day was a separate, separate day unto God. They couldn't do any work. They couldn't do anything on that day. I'll tell you what, we live by grace and thank God that we do because some of us wouldn't make it. Amen? I mean, you think about it. You think about it. Now, let me say this. We're touching this area. We're going to keep touching it. You talk about uh, being developed in, in the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit. How about developing in character? See, the fruit of the Spirit is given to develop within us the characteristics of God. So that one on the inside, let me say it this way, can develop in holiness. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about holiness like some people talk about, do's and don'ts and the clothes you wear and this and that, the jewelry and that. I'm talking about being holy before God. Standing in His presence. Letting the fragrance of His knowledge just permeate your very being till you just walk off and, and everybody just has a sweet-smelling savor of the knowledge of Christ as you walk through the earth. Amen. You see, uh, developing a, the characteristics that make up God, that make God God, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. It's walking as the Master walked, without being upset and angry every time you turn around. Just walking in that presence, walking in the very characteristics of God. Walking in holiness is developing the life of God within. It's a whole lot easier to develop the life of God without when you develop it on the inside. Amen. So you see, the Father wants us to realize this. That we can stay in His presence and dwell in His presence to such an extent that we have boldness when we're confronted with the enemy and all our enemies surround us round about. Instead of being fearful and excited, as just as the psalmist said, I'll not fear because Jehovah is my light and I'm doing all that pleases Him. I'm walking in His love. Now, devil, you get in Jesus' name. Boldly you speak, see? But on the other hand, if you weren't in fellowship with the Father continuously, you may, you may have to take a day or two to just get yourself into fasting and prayer. Some, that's, some, that's why some people need to do that a lot. Because they don't maintain a daily routine of fellowshipping the Father. Now, I, let's, let's say it like this. I, I remember in, 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 uh, when I, I was speaking this morning of our calling, my personal calling, when we were told to go to school, when I was, I remember that if it wasn't for the confidence I had in knowing that I was led by the Spirit to go to school, then I would have failed when trouble came. I know that for a fact. Let me say this, many did. You can be sure of this fact. That if you don't have a solid foundation to stand on in your endeavors, then when the tests and the trials and the afflictions and persecutions come your way, because you've stepped out into the word area of the Word of God where you're acting upon His Word in the realm of faith, then you can best be sure that you may fall. You can be sure that you're going to fall. Because the only thing you're going to have to stand on is your relationship with Him in a sense that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt and are fully confident 
that he told you to do it. Or he didn't tell you not to do it. Now, I mean that. Someone say, what do you mean when you say, do you know you're called? Are you saying that everybody that goes to Rhema Bible Training Center or to a school of theology has got to be called? I didn't say that. I didn't necessarily say that. If you'd like to go to school, there's nothing wrong with going to school. But when you're called to give up all and to do all for Him, and you have that assurance in your heart, then when you get out there and you know beyond the shadow of a doubt and you get out there and all this trouble comes your way, you will have a sure foundation to stand on this fact I know and am confident and sure that the Lord told me to do this. Because if you don't, you know what happened to you? In the midst of all the trials and circumstances, when it seems like God's left, you'll stand there and you'll say, I really wonder, did He tell me to do this? Am I in His will? Am I not in His will? Maybe I shouldn't be here. I don't know if I should be here or not. Maybe all this calamity is coming my way because I shouldn't be here. Maybe I didn't do what God wanted me to do. And before you know it, you're in such a state of confusion, you don't know which way to turn. See, the devil's got your head spinning in every direction. But blessed be God when, you, when you're in the perfect will of the Father and you know you're in the will of the Father and you're confident that He told you to do what you're doing or didn't tell you not to. When I say didn't tell you not to, I mean you could just go on doing what you're doing unless you get a check in your spirit that says don't do it. If you just decide you want to pack your bags and go to school or do this or do that, it's fine if you don't get a check in your spirit. But if you get a check in your spirit, I say don't go. You follow me? Don't go. Don't do it. There's been a many, many, many heartaches come to born-again, spirit-filled believers because they did not take the time to, be, to learn how to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God in them, did not learn how to be led by the Spirit. So consequently, when direction came, they missed it, went right on by. They got themselves into a state of confusion and didn't know how to act, didn't know what to do, and they got defeated. See? So I always say, be confident, be sure that you know the will of God. The price to pay... To be out of the will of God, is it's expensive. It's expensive. How expensive is it? Well, loss of money, sickness and disease, calamity, troubles, not knowing which way to turn. Let me make this statement since we're talking along these lines. I know now as I've grown further in my walk with Him that all the things that happen to us because of what we call faith, walking by faith, are direct results of being in the perfect will of God. I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that I was to be where I was. And I mean, it looked like every demon that was free visited our place. Every, every free demon. Amen. But blessed be God, we withstood it all. And I can say this to you also. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt. I, I, I talk with ministers and uh, you'd be surprised when you hear some of their answers. But I could boldly say beyond the shadow of a doubt that I'm to be here at this church. I know that as I know my name. I know that as I know my wife. See? Is one with me. I know that. See, the Spirit of God spoke to me. And you won't get this all the time. People are looking for this all the time in a supernatural way. And said, you will be the next pastor of that church. I've shared that with you before. But blessed be God when He said that and told me that. I didn't care what came my way. It doesn't matter what would come our way. I don't care what tries to destroy the work of God here at Midland. We could stand rest assured that we're in God's perfect will. And come all the demon forces of hell our way, blessed be God, we could stand against them and put them to flight. Hallelujah.
Amen? Amen. See, perfectly confident. Perfectly confident. You need to be perfectly confident. And it's the same thing in the area of prayer. See, in the area of prayer, you've got to be confident. We read the scriptures over there in 1 John 5. You've got to be perfectly, perfectly confident. Someone said, well, you know, I went and prayed for my child. They were sick. And I prayed the prayer of faith, you know. And uh, after I prayed the prayer of faith, I, I kind of wondered why it wasn't working. Well, you see, you weren't perfectly confident. Beloved, don't let your children or yourself that's attacked with sickness and disease get to a place where you're not totally confident that he heard your voice and you have the answer. If you're not confident in that, then you better go back to the drawing board. You better get back and start all over again. Get your face before God. Seek the Lord. Now, we've said it before, but I've, I've, I've been healed many different ways, many different times. My children's been healed many different ways, many different times. And it seemed like never twice the same way. Right? It seemed like one will be this way. One will be that way. You've got to be in tune with the Spirit of God. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. You've got to be confident in, in, in hearing His voice and, and being directed according to the Word of God. It's not just the written Word, but blessed be God, it's the Spirit of the Word. Amen? See? Someone says, well, I confess that Scripture. Well, if the Lord told you to do something else, you could confess that Scripture all night long and not get any results. That's right. You can confess it all night long. I mean, I did that one time. We were in a little bit of financial difficulty one time. Some of us, like, it's like some people, you know, they, they have a little bit of financial difficulty. And they wonder why it didn't work. They prayed and they say, wonder why they didn't get their finances met. Their needs met. Well, you were just like we were. The answer came by on a 747 just went right on by us. You know why? We stood there like this. My God supplies all my need according to the rest and glory by Christ Jesus. My God supplies all my need according to the rest and glory by Christ Jesus. And if I just would have shut my mouth and heard God, I'd have got the answer because it just went right on by. And you know what? When it got too late, we found out that the answer came and went and we didn't get it. So there we were confessing, you know, my God supplies all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus and the answer just went right on by. That's, that's right. That's the truth. Amen. You've got to be confident in hearing the voice of God and being led by the Spirit of God. And when you're totally confident, you can walk away from your child who's been attacked. You can walk away from whatever the need is in full assurance that, blessed be God, He heard me, and blessed be God, I have. And I mean, there's a joy that rises up inside your spirit that's full of the glory of God. Amen. Do you see how that works? In line with the Spirit and His Word. Now... There's a whole lot we can say about confidence. I think we've said a lot already. But let's go back to our Psalm 27 and let's take a look at the next step. We're just going to introduce this next step. And I want you to see how each step just picks up right alongside of the other one. In other words, they sort of dovetail together. Every step, you see intertwines. They work together. It's not as though you've got to just get a blackboard and write these things down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Just write it right on through. It's not that. You know what they are. You meditate each one of them and you begin to develop in them and you'll begin to see how automatically each one of these steps will begin to work inside you when trouble comes. Let's take a look at number six. We've been through five. This is number six. Let's take a look at verse 
5. We've read this, but we'll read verses 5 and 6 now. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now, underline the two words, and now, now, and now. See, the word now is there for a reason. What do you mean, and now? Did you ever tell your children, go up there and make your bed and clean up your room, and now you can have something? Or, and then you can have this, or then you can do that. You want to go, you know, outside and play? Well, go do this, 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 and this, and this, and get that all done. Then when you get it, then now you can go. Have you ever done that? Well, you see, it's the same thing right here. Sometimes I think we put spiritual things way off in another category and don't realize that it's just tying in with natural things. He's saying because he knows that the Lord Jehovah is his salvation, his, his light salvation, his strength, his heart will not fear, and he's totally confident in these things, totally confident, now will my head be lifted up. Now, see, now. Now listen to what he's really saying. Now, my head will be lifted up above my enemies. Look at what it says here. Now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Where's the enemies? I want you to note that they're still there. They're still there. But blessed be God, He began to dwell and meditate on these first five principles until His heart was fully assured that Jehovah was all these things to Him. And He was to a place that He would not fear. Totally confident. And He says, And now will my head be lifted up above all my enemies. Hold that thought and go back to the third psalm. We said we'd again go over these scriptures to share with you and show you how they actually work together to give us certain principles. Psalm 3. Now remember, when trouble comes, when adversity comes, when it seems like everything is going wrong, we have a tendency to get down on ourselves. We have a tendency to have a heaviness about us, oppression, our heads hung low, a guilt trip. You know, boy, if I just would have done more, or if I just would have read my Bible, or if I just would have done this, or if I just would have done that. Isn't that right? I mean, you know, we get to a place and figure, well, I didn't read my Bible today, and I didn't pray in tongues for three hours today, and I didn't do this Today, and I didn't do that today, and the calamity is coming. Before you know it, your head's just spinning all around. But you begin to meditate back into the Word of God. You may set, set yourself apart for fasting and prayer. You may set yourself apart in meditation in the Word of God, praying in the Spirit, getting back in the presence of the Father God. And he says, as you do these things and meditate upon these things, he said, then will your head be lifted up. Now look at this, verse 1, chapter 3. He said... Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? I'm, I, I, I want to say something to you. You know when the devil sees you got your head down that his army increases? I mean that. 
You think, boy, I'll just sit back and sweat this one out and then tomorrow I'll wake up and everything will be fine. But tomorrow when you wake up, my friend, it seems like everything's twice as bad. When you're down, the devil doubles, doubles up. Just like he said here. I mean that. Boy, when he's got you where he wants you, he is not going to let go. He is not going to lift up that oppression. He's going to make it stronger. He's going to make it heavier on you because all he wants to do is defeat and crush you. Sometime you're ready just to throw up your Bible and say, man, let's forget this faith wall. Dear Lord, get me out from underneath this heaviness. Amen. But you see, even though the enemy would increase around you and the troubles that are around you may increase, many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of me, my soul, there is no help in God. But thou, O Lord. Now, write this down. Number one, art a shield for me. Number one, shield. My glory... And the lifter of my head. Now what he's actually saying here, and just write those down and hold on to them and keep a thought. What he's actually saying is that one needs to have his head lifted or one needs to have a right mental attitude when it comes to troubles and persecutions and trials that surround you. And the only way you're going to have your head lifted up is by God's Word, which I'll show you. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. And in the 94, 91st Psalm, verse 4, He said, Thy Word or Thy truth is my shield. Now you could outline it if you want to or just put a little reference there by your Bible, by this here verse. He said, Thy word is my shield. Thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. Now, you ready to tie another scripture into that? We said, 91st Psalm, verse 4, said, Thy truth is my shield and buckler. But over there in the book of Ephesians, the 6th chapter and verse 17, He said, Take the shield of what? Which is... The Word, because you see, faith is the Word. Now, notice what he's saying here. Thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Now, don't think the psalmist wasn't getting the same thing you get when, when trouble comes your way. I mean, when trouble comes your way, I mean, you don't feel great, do you? Thank God we walk by faith and not by feelings or sight. Amen? And, and you have a tendency to let your head hang down low. I mean, you know, I mean, these things could, you know, gather around your mind to get your mind weighed down into a place of heaviness. But blessed be God, we've got to turn back to the Word. Now, let's hold that thought and turn with me to the first book of Peter. First book of Peter. And I want to share something with you that you need to know. Concerning your mind, concerning your head. As a matter of fact, I think this has been a neglected teaching in the ministry, in the body of Christ, in the church. And it's talking about the mind. When one puts emphasis upon the mind, immediately you get accused of preaching mind science religion or Christian science or something like that. When one tries to put an emphasis upon the mind. 
Because as I said this morning, it seems like we never can get people to walk down the straight and narrow. They always get into fanaticism on one side or on the other side. You know, they don't want anything. But the Bible teaches us there's a lot to do with the mind. So the psalmist is saying that because of those first five steps, and even though my enemy is still all around me, thou art my shield, the glory and the lifter of my head in this time of trouble. Now, he's really relating to a right mental attitude in the time of trouble. Until your mind is stayed on him in a sense that he is your light, strength, your wisdom, your salvation, your deliverance, so that your heart won't fear your confidence. You see, your, your mind, as long as it's not stayed on that, you'll be defeated. But when your mind gets stayed on the things of God, on His Word, and they become again a reality to you, then even though the enemy is still around about you, your head will be lifted up. And I'll show you the results of this. Let's look. Let's begin reading with verse 3. Now, whether they be afflictions, persecutions, sufferings, trials, tribulation, no matter what it is, they are tryings and testings of your faith. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. You may be there tonight. I mean, manifold temptations upon you will produce a sense of heaviness upon you. To where it seems like there's a cloud of heaviness that you just can't seem to get out from under. How many know what I'm talking about? But if I can get out from underneath this thing, I'll just be all right. But it seems like you just can't get out from underneath this thing. Well, let's go on. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired, and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Now, underline that. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Now, look at this. Which the angels desire to look into. Now here it is, verse 13. Underline the verse. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, he uses the, the phrase, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Now, when it comes to afflictions, persecutions, and trials, and temptations along the road of life, 
Many people begin to say, well, the Lord is just trying to do this to perfect me. The Lord is doing this to make me a better Christian. The Lord is doing this to me. And you see, that kind of thinking is exactly what the devil wants. That kind of mind will be a mind that will be defeated and will not hold on to the end. It will be, it will cause the person that thinks that way, who thinks his affliction is coming from God, it will cause him not to resist the source of the temptation or trial, who is the devil. Now let me show you why the devil wants you to think it's coming from God. You're lying in a bed with sickness and disease in your body. You lay there on that bed and say, well, you know, brother, some minister may even come by and just said, well, you know, brother, the Lord's teaching you a good lesson while you're in that bed. You learn it well. And you're there dying. That's what people say. See, And you're, you're there dying on that bed. He's teaching you a great lesson. And so you just lay back there and say, well, Lord, I'm here. Here I am. And you're dying. And here I am. And you're dying. You're just going to wait there and you're going to lay there until you finally die. Because you're not going to resist the devil. You're not going to resist God, are you? If the Lord is doing that to you to teach you a lesson, are you going to resist Him? No. You're not going to resist God. He's going to sit back there and just take it, right? Just lay back there and take it. Say, well, okay, I'm just waiting, Father. Teach me what you want to teach me. But in the meanwhile, you're dying. Isn't this something how people talk that way never really find out what they were supposed to be learning? Did you hear me? Especially if they die. They never found out what, if they did find out what they were supposed to be learning, they went off and died anyhow. What good would it do? Now hear me. If you think that the reason why you, don't, you lost all your business and all your money and all your finances and all these things is because the Lord is teaching you a lesson, are you going to wait till you go bankrupt to find out that God's not the author of those things? With that kind of attitude, a wrong mental attitude, with that kind of mind... You'll never be able to withstand the devil. He wants you to think that way. But, the mind that's been renewed to the Word of God, that lies in that same bed and says, Blessed be God, this is not from God. Hallelujah. And though the doctor said, I must die, blessed be God, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And devil, I acknowledge that sickness and disease come from you. Now I resist you in the blessed name of Jesus, my Lord. Be gone from my body and you get out of that bed and walk home. Now you see, anything other than that, you're just going to lie there and accept it. So if one's mind is not established in the Word of God, if one has a wrong mental attitude and thinks that his trials and temptations of life are coming from God, then instead of growing and maturing and being settled in the faith, He'll just be a flat failure. He'll not, know, he'll not know how to withstand the devil. And I'll show you that here as we go along. Now, he uses the phrase, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. And the Spirit of God whispered in my spirit and just bore witness with me and said, the mind is the bridge that connects the spiritual realm with the physical realm. The mind is the bridge that connects the spirit realm to the physical realm. The spirit realm to the physical realm. The mind is the bridge. How many of you know that I don't care what size or what kind of bridge you have, 
But if the girders of that bridge are not able to support the weight that's on that bridge, what will happen? It'll collapse. You know why people have a mental breakdown? Mental nervous breakdown or mental breakdown? You know why people under pressure fall? Because they did not gird up the loins of their mind. Wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong speaking. We are to undergird. We have to have girders underneath that. See, we have to gird up the loins of our mind. Look what he's referring to. In the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, let's go there, the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Keep that phrase in mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Look at the sixth chapter. Let's first look at... I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Well, I'll read 13 and 14, first of all, from the Amplified. From the King James. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all the stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with what? With what? Don't you remember the psalmist said, Thy truth is my shield and buckler. And don't you remember he said, Thou art the glory and the lifter of my head, the shield and the glory and the lifter of my head. And here he says, Your loins must be girt about with truth. Okay? Let me read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place, stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. Having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. Gird up the loins of your mind with the truth. Tighten up the belt. Tighten up that belt. Just as the Roman... Soldier tightens that belt that holds in place all his armor. So is the believer to tighten up the belt of truth that's holding all, that's undergirding all of what you believe. It's the foundation. The truth is what we stand upon, is it not? We stand upon the truth, the, the rock, the foundation of the Word of the living God. Gird up the loins of your mind with this truth be, so that you could stand fast and firm, unshakable, unmovable, resisting the enemy when he comes. Gird up the loins of your mind. This is what he's saying here. And verse 11 says, Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able to able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. See, beloved, these tests and these trials and these circumstances of life that have been coming your way are not coming from God. They are coming from the devil. But what God tells you to do and where to go may put you in an open battlefield like it did us. I won't even say may. I'll say this. Everywhere you're to go, 
and you're being led by the Spirit of God. And everywhere you go, standing upon God's Word, being a Word person, all this affliction and persecution is coming for the Word's sake, Mark 4. Amen? Immediately come up the devil to steal the Word away from you. Amen? Okay. So what he's actually saying here, beloved, is this. Power of the mind or willpower. Willpower. You know there's a lot of strength in willpower? Strengthen up your mind. Willpower. You know if you've got the will to live, that's half the battle? How many of you know that? If you've got the will to live and be a success, you'll live and be a success. If you don't have the will to do it and your will's gone, it'll be very, very difficult for you to have any success. If a person loses his will to live, chances are he may die speedily. Well, but you see, what he's actually saying here is that the mind is involved in the believer standing against the devil. Now, notice it's separate from faith. Gird up the loins of your mind, but stand with the shield of what? Faith. Now, let me say it to you like this. Willpower or mind power is in the realm of mental ascent. It's the mental realm. It's in the mental realm. But faith is of the spirit realm. Faith is a spiritual force. It's not a mental force. Willpower is a mental force. But faith is a spiritual force. See? When your mind is in full harmony, in agreement with the word that's in your heart or the faith of your heart, then your mind that's girt up the loins of your mind with this same truth will act as a bridge to bridge the gap from the spirit realm to where you need it in the physical realm, into this realm. So that the force of faith could be effective from that realm to meet your every need in this realm because, friends, your enemy is attacking you in this realm because we're in this earth, because we're in this world, because we're walking in this territory. But the person that has a renewed mind... Now, when I say renewed mind, I don't just mean a mind that's full of the knowledge of God's Word. I think because we've neglected to teach more along these lines, we've, we thought that the mind that was renewed was somebody who can quote Scripture all day. You know, boy, listen to that Scripture. Well, just because you put the Word of God to memory does not mean that your mind is renewed by the Word of God. Let me say it to you like this. The mind is only renewed when the Spirit has received the Word and dictated to the mind and changed the mind or renewed the mind. The mind is not renewed just because you remembered Scripture or you can quote Scripture or you put that Scripture up in your head. That's mental assent. That is not mind renewal. Because, and let me say it like this, the mind of Christ is not in your head, but the mind of Christ is in your heart. We have the mind of Christ which is in our spirit. It's not in our heads. If the mind of Christ was in our heads, then our heads would have been born again. Did you ever see somebody with the mind of Christ do some of the things that you and I have done since we've been saved? Did you? But thank God for our blessed hearts and sometimes dumb heads. Amen. 
I mean, I've done some dumb things. Haven't you? That's right. So the mind of Christ is in the heart. It's in the spirit. I can show you that by the word. Go back to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, second chapter. Now, what he's actually saying to us, Peter is over there in 1 Peter 1.13, gird up the loins of your mind, is that our minds are to be in full harmony with God's will for us in our lives. Our mind is to be renewed to the Word in such a way that we know what God's will is, and I'll show you that in a minute. But look at 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. And if you'll begin reading... Uh, at verse 9, but, I ha- but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now listen to the next verse. Who hath, Verse 16. Verse 16 now. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And he's saying to you that that instruction comes by the way of the Spirit. The Spirit of truth abides in your spirit to teach you, instruct you, and guide you into all truth. When that truth has entered into your spirit and has become a reality in your spirit, then the mind will be automatically renewed by that word. You'll not have to try to act on God's Word. It'll be there. Your mind will be changed, renewed. And when you once said, what am I going to do now? Sickness and disease has come or, or financial failure has come. There won't be any room for that because when it comes, the instant thing you'll do is say, blessed be God in Jesus' name I'm healed. Blessed be God, my God supplieth all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And it won't just be a, a confession of your head. It'll be a confession of your heart that your mind is in full agreement with. See, that's why it works from the inside out. You start from the outside through the mind to get it into the spirit, but when it gets into the spirit and renews the mind, it's an automatic thing. It just flows out of you automatically. Now, let me say this. Here's why, and this has just been a blessing to me, just, just finding this out. Which the Spirit of God just dropped it into me as I was meditating this afternoon on these certain scriptures. This is why the double-minded man won't receive anything from God. Because you see, the man whose mind is doubled is not girt about with truth. This mind is a mind that has received mental assent or knowledge to the truth, but the fellow did not take time to put that truth into his heart and let it become a reality so that the mind no longer will be double, but the mind will be single, renewed to the truth of God's Word. 
That fellow is exercising what he thinks to be faith of his mind, out of his mind, and the mind does not produce faith. The mind produces mental ascent, mental power, willpower. See, that gives us the will to go on. You know, just by knowing God's will for me is to be totally healthy and free, that gives me the will to go on. How about you? I mean, I know I can walk in perfect health. I know I can walk in victory, prosperity. I know, I know all these things. You say, did you attain it yet? Well, blessed be God. Did you? Aren't you shooting for that mark? I am. What's keeping you on that road? It's attainable. So you see, my mind's in the right order. My head, the helmet of salvation. But you see, faith is not work from the mind. It doesn't work that way. Faith works out of the heart. Now, the person that has the Word of God in his mind only is the double-minded person. It's, both, it's in his mind. The Word of God says this, but my, my circumstances say that. <clears throat> so, consequently, he's double-minded. He's going back and forth. I know the Word of God says that this is supposed to be mine, but I just don't understand how come I can't get it. Blessed be God, I know the Word says I'm healed and I agree to it, but how come I can't get my healing? He's double-minded. Back and forth, back and forth. And everybody that's born again will go through this period because that's the way of growth. You get it into your mind first, then it gets down and slips into your heart. When it gets down into your heart, it, then the Spirit renews the mind. You know, I knew some of these things in my spirit when my head was telling me that they weren't true. I mean that. But finally, when it, because it was the Word, then finally, when, the, when that Word then got into my spirit and I saw by the Word that it was true, my mind began to be renewed by the Word of God. And then my, I began to agree with it and say, look, I, I don't care what anybody says. Matter of fact, somebody wanted to get in all kind of strife and division with me because I knew in my spirit, which, which, which if I went by my mind, I, I, I mean to tell you, I would agree with the fellow. But my spirit was telling me, and it renewed my mind, that the Father God is not the cause of your trouble. Trials and situations and temptations of life. He said, oh, he says, I know he is. He's doing that to perfect your faith. I said, no, he's not. Something on the inside renewed my mind. I knew that he wasn't. I couldn't anybody say because James 1.13 cannot lie. And he says, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. God cannot be tempted with evil and tempteth any man with evil. God doesn't do that. Now, that's the same word there for temptations, testings, and tryings. God doesn't do that. Where he sends you what he tells you to do, you're going to have a lot of it. But blessed be God, if the Lord was our enemy, how would you know who to withstand? If the Lord was the one that was doing all the troubles, why is he calling on Jehovah? And I just knew it down here. It renewed my mind, and, and praise God, I lined up to it, and I began to see it. So the renewed mind is a mind that has taken the Word and dropped it into the Spirit, and the Spirit then, by the Holy Spirit, revealed to us the will of God. Remember Paul prayed over there in Colossians, the first chapter? Verse 9, Since the day I heard of it, I cease not to mention, make mention of you my prayers, praying that you be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you be filled. Go there, let's look at it. Filled. Filled with the knowledge of His will. Filled with the knowledge of His will. Over there in Colossians 1, 9, 10. Filled with the knowledge of His will. Now let's read it. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His, His will. 
His will was I be free. His will was I be delivered. His will that sickness don't live in my body. And I, I started to get myself full of this. Now, some people, when I say that to them, and, and you know, I get to a place, and I know you get to the same place, you say, I don't understand it. How come they believe that God's doing all this to them? How come they don't believe that God wants them to be perfectly healed? How come people don't believe that? They're not full of the knowledge of His will. That's right. And you know, you, you look at them and you say, well, you know, you, you, you really, you should, have, you should have compassion towards people. I, you should never be critical towards people. I've got compassion towards people. I want you to have compassion towards me. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Blessed be God. Amen. So as I'm growing, I'm going to learn more and go more into the, into the full knowledge of His will. I'm going to get further and further and further along. Praise God. So if you'll be patient with me while I'm going, I'll be patient with you while you're going. Amen. So don't complain about it. Just get on your knees and pray that they be filled with the knowledge. Like he was praying right here. I mean, you know, James made this harsh statement. He said over there in the first chapter, verse 21, he was talking to them and he said, you people think that all your troubles coming from God, all your tests, all your trials, all your tribulations. You think it's coming from God. He said, don't err, my beloved brethren. Why are you in such error? Don't err. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, not evil, not all these other things you're talking about. He said, receive the engrafted word which is able to deliver you from that unregenerate, corrupt mind and that kind of thinking. See, that kind of a mind will be a mind that's renewed to the will of God for you. That will withstand the forces of darkness that come against you instead of sitting back and saying, well, it looks like God's doing it to me again. He's not doing that to you. Now, in here he said that we should be filled with all the knowledge of his will in all what? Now, see, that shows you right there that the mind of God, the mind of Christ is in your spirit because wisdom is not of the head. Wisdom is out of the spirit. Jesus Christ, I have the mind of Christ and Jesus Christ is in my spirit and he has been made unto me what? Wisdom. So you see, the mind of God, the mind of Christ is in my spirit. You know how easy it is when you follow the leading of the spirit to get illumination to your mind? Just like that. Rises up out of your spirit and it comes out of your mind. See, it renews the mind. That's the true mind renewal and if you'll compare this scripture with that, Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of it, that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect what? Will. Gird up the loins of your mind. And the only way you're going to be strong is by tightening up the belt and say, Look, no, it's not God's will I be sick. No, it's not God's will that I go under. It's not God's will that I be defeated in my finances. Blessed be God, gird up the loins of your mind. And look him in the face and say, glory be to God, hallelujah, I'm healed in Jesus' name, I'm free in Jesus' name. See, gird up the loins of your mind. Come in perfect harmony with his will for you and your life. And you're only going to do that by meditation in the Word. Now, I cannot emphasize this subject enough. We're not going to teach it. We may teach it sometime, not right now, but I don't have time to teach it. And this, or this will be a year of teaching. But blessed be God, meditation the reason why most people do not have a renewed mind is because they do not take the time to meditate the Word of God. Just hearing it, reading it, hearing tapes, listening to tapes is feeding your mind. Okay? You hear tapes, it feeds your mind. You hear this tape, it feeds your mind. You listen to me preach, it feeds your mind. It's, it's going, it also affects the heart, but most of it's going up here first. Okay? Your, your spirit bears witness. It's true. Yes, that's the Word. Praise God. I know it's true, but it's all going up in the head knowledge first. All right? Now you go back home in the privacy 
of your prayer closet and you begin to sit back. I've been doing it. Blessed be God. If you want to be blessed, start meditating the 14th chapter of the book of John. Oh, glory to God. I've just been sitting back, closing my eyes and saying, He that loveth me, he, 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 he keeps my commandments. He loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved to my Father. And I will come to him. I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He that keeps my commandments, he it is that loveth me. I love you, Jesus. I keep your commandments, Lord. Hallelujah. And I keep on thinking it. I keep on meditating it. I keep on saying it. Jesus has come to me to manifest himself to me. The Father loves me. Jesus loves me. They made their abode with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the Spirit of truth has come. The Spirit of truth is here. He's teaching me all truth, guiding me all truth. And just keep meditating it, meditating it, saying it, meditating it, murmuring it, muttering it. Just keep going over and 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 over. And it gets finally down into your spirit. When it gets down to your spirit, it's mind renewal time. The perfect will of God is, is inside of you. No one can take it out of you. And that comes by meditation. As a matter of fact, two scriptures we give you for meditation. Joshua 1, 8 and Psalm 1. You know what it says. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, day and night, day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all according to all is written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And Psalm 1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his light is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate how often? Day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. See, your delight is in the Lord. Your delight is in his word. Your delight is in the law of the Lord. And you just begin to meditate that word and feed your spirit. Soak in that word. That's the only way you're going to get your mind renewed. Soaking in his presence. Soaking in the word. Basking in the, the light of his love. Glory to God. Then it slips into your spirit. Nobody can take it away from you then. Now, Isaiah 26.3 is a very important scripture along the lines of a gird-up mind. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted or has confidence in thee. That's what it says. The, the mind must be stayed upon him. Well, Praise God. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.